This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So straight away, we are going to talk to our good friend and analysis show team member, Charlotte Rigby, who is on the show to talk us through reaction to that league victory away at Norwich and, of course, cup victory. Charlotte, let's start with the league. Um, Everybody was telling us, as they have done all season, Norwich was going to be our toughest test yet. We were going to come up against opposition that we'd not come across before. This would be the end of our winning run. Norwich would be the ones that would stop us in our tracks. Not so much. Easy. I say easy. Probably not that easy, but a comfortable 3-0 victory away from home, I think. Yeah, I quite like hearing now that the, the team are going to stop us in our tracks. I'm like, oh, go on then. Uh, let's see what I can do about it. And yeah, there was a lot of the in the know telling us that we weren't going to have a team, that it's going to be a, a team full of kids. I, I heard a lot that everyone were ill or injured. So it was an interesting one to go into. And then obviously the lads got off the bus and you thought, actually, no, we, we do have a team. There's a couple <laughs> of first, first team players that might be out, but it's not like we, we're fielding the kids against them. Um, and yeah, when when they made that mistake and it just Zahir just clicked it and I thought, oh well, it's gotta go our way now, it's gotta go our way. And there's so many teams that we see him playing out from the back like that against us. Um it's not like we've not nicked the ball off them doing it time and time again. I know. And I can't believe that that's still something that they're trying to do when you see the likes of when we played against Sheffield who weren't playing that way against us, who who went in really quite direct and battered us, that's the way to beat us, you yeah. know, like from what we've seen. So it's so surprising to see these teams still coming in, playing it out from the back, and yeah, when's the and nick that? I wasn't at the game on uh, on Saturday, I watched it on the TV and actually um, missed that first goal because Sky was still playing the replay. We all from missed it! it. <laughs> yeah, so everyone we else that was quick. it on Sky will probably understand that. So that's how quickly it happened and how opportunistic it was. And it was just such quick thinking, fantastic finish as well in the end for him. Um, we saw the uh, debut as well of uh, Ekdal on there and I thought it was absolutely fantastic. 
what a dream debut there to come yeah. on have a have a shift like that and then to get a goal as well. Yeah, I, it's not much to complain about from from Saturday. I was talking to my dad and he went, "I can't believe we've beaten three 0 Everyone's saying to us, you know, this is the one we're going to slip up on. But we'd heard it the week before. I just keep saying when we were playing West Brom, we were meant to slip up against them as well. Um, but what a fantastic victory! And it just just solidifies that bit that yeah, you can be missing a couple of players, but we have such a good squad now that you can take a few out and still have a dominating performance. Yeah, definitely. I, I did have a chuckle, actually, when um, Tim Krul passed that uh, horror ball out to Anas Zanore. Some of the uh, reports that I've seen are calling him the menacing Moroccan who got hold of that ball <laughs> and put it in the bouch. I like that. There's absolutely nothing menacing about Anas Zanore at all. He's the sweetest, loveliest, smiliest little face you've ever seen in the world so maybe with his feet he's menacing um you touched on there charlotte we had heard all the horror stories before the game about basically we're going to be playing our under 18s i think the biggest rumors going around were that there was no jay no cork no brownhill and no keeper which would have been an interesting selection the one i was going to, to bring on a second obviously you've already touched on this so we don't need to dwell on it again was of course the debut for ekdal who was incredible and sealed that debut as well with a goal what does he bring to that centre-half position even now in his debut that Charlie Taylor doesn't? And secondly, does Ekdal go in in priority over Charlie Taylor at centre-half? Yeah, we all know I love Charlie Taylor. I absolutely think he's fantastic and he, he did a, a job for us while we were missing someone there in that centre-half position. But now, after that performance... I'm pretty sure Ekdal does need to start ahead of him there. And and that's something that Taylor's probably thought of himself. It's not going to be a surprise to him. Um, it's a more natural position for him. He, he, he was fantastic defensive-wise. And obviously, he... He looked to go forward as well, as you can see. Mm. He got his head on the end of a on the end of a cross, which came from a proper corner, I must say as well. Yes, not a proper a corner, short corner. You're not a really fan, are you? Me. <laughs> I'm not a fan. And there's so many people that say to me, "We don't have the people to get on the end of them. That's why they have to." Well, now we've proved it too at the weekend. <laughs> so we'll go back to our proper corners, please. Thank you. I'm happy for them to prove me wrong against Preston and score from five short corners. Fine, but no, a, a proper <laughs> corner, and yeah, he kind of has that that more confidence about him I guess you can tell when Charlie Taylor's playing he's playing in that position to because he has to um and he does a job and he does not the most pretty job of it but he does do a job but yeah after that you can't you can't fault Excel for coming in and it's the uh I thought the same I know we'll touch on the cup game afterwards but with Aldakil as well I thought he had a fantastic game and there's so much kind of um competition around that area yeah. now, which is nice to see it's nice to see but I do feel sorry for Taylor a bit because you can't see him getting that much more game time now if he's going to no. stick with his proper positions which they've proven that they should yeah okay let's take this one step further then I'm going to really put you on the spot now what do you do when Taylor Harwood Bellis is back from injury I see a lot of people have said this as well. It depends, doesn't it? It depends on how how fit he is once he comes back. If yeah. this injury is as nasty as people have been saying, he's so walking across the pitch, he didn't have to support his boot on anymore. He seemed to be pretty pretty sound on his foot. But if it's as nasty as we're thinking, it's not just a case of he'll be back and then he's back. You know, it, He might need easing back into it, which is absolutely fine. And at the moment, we, we do have a lot of games. And if we manage on with this cup run, we'll have more games. And that squad rotation is something that we're so lucky to have. So I think once he's back to full fitness, it might not even be until the start of next season when he's back to what he 
what he was and then we might not have as much of a problem we don't know who's still going to be here at the start of the Premier League season um but if you were to ask me if he was completely fit come the end of the season last few games to play I'd have Harwood Bellis on there yeah. I just think he's so solid he's absolutely solid and yeah if Ekdalen or Aldakil come in and they score millions of goals while also defending then prove me wrong but I ain't seen as much of him and I can absolutely rely on Harwood Bellis Love it. That's the answer I was looking for. Thank you, Charlotte. Uh, moving <laughs> Before we move on to look at the Cup game, our final comment on that Norwich victory. One of your favourite topics to talk about. So I'm going to, you know, I'd like to spoil you. The reincarnation mark 456 of the one and only Sir Ashley Barnes. What a phenomenal performance from that boy. He likes to keep us guessing, doesn't he? Doesn't as soon it? as he starts hearing people, oh, Barnes has passed it, we've got all these new strikers <laughs> and he's never going to play a minute of football again. He's like, oh, my God. <laughs> he absolutely knows that he has something to prove. And I thought he was brilliant. And I just, I love the part of Barnes now, which he seems so excited for this team as well. I mean, he's a Burnley lad, but he just seems so excited about these young lads that he's playing against and he celebrates every goal like it's his own and that brings something to it as well. But yeah, I thought it was absolutely phenomenal. His whole plays, it, yeah, a reincarnation. It was absolutely fantastic to see him back to, to the best of Barnes. And as you say, I difficult to find a hard word for me to say about Barnes, you know, but even I could say, oh, we were a bit, bit hit and miss, but no. That's it now. He's, he's got to be in there now as long as he carries on playing like he is. And again, a lot of people have said the same about Jay. We we can write him off too soon a couple of times. Yeah. And he has had a little bit of a dip in form recently and I guess he wasn't um, up for selection at the weekend from what I could remember. Um, no, but I think he was injured. In, yeah, I think he was either injured or ill, one of the other, wasn't he? Um, if he's back in, he's had a slight dip in form, but Again, we can't write either of those two no. off. They absolutely no, right. love this club and they've got all the experience and every so often they'll have a bit of a minute where they just need to, to take some time to think about their careers and then come <laughs> flying back to surprise us all. And uh, yeah, I'm still still hoping, hoping for that hat-trick for Barnes against Blackburn. One better. Excellent. I love it. Okay, before we let you go, um, I know um, you've very kind of given us some time this evening. You're going to shoot off and let us go ahead and preview the the North End game. Um, just a quick word about the Cup game. The Clarets huffed and puffed a little bit in the, the fourth round of the FA Cup. I'm not going to lie. Took two attempts to beat um, Ipswich, nil-nil down at Portman Road and a 2-1 victory. I could forget my scores then. Um, goal scored in the opening minutes in the dying seconds of the game by uh, Nathan Teller. How important is a cup run to you, given just how dominant Burnley are in the league? And do you make sacrifices in league games in order to ensure a stronger passage through to potentially a quarterfinal in the cup? Yeah, I'm thoroughly enjoying a cup run. I think it's really important. Over the years, we've kind of been told that it's a bit on the back burner, you know, we've got to focus on the league this and the other but like you say we're in such a strong position in the league now I don't think we necessarily need to make sacrifices in in either the cup or the league I saw the the cup game on Tuesday that um we made a couple of changes and it did seem a bit disjointed it didn't seem mm. to flow as well as normal but then he had the option to to bring the likes of I think Brownhill and Cullen back on and, and you did see the difference there and you can play around with that with the squad rotation I don't think we need to sacrifice anything in the league as such and, and 
because we still want to win it, you know? Yeah, no, true. People are on about, you know, they may be saying promotion's pretty much there, but we still want to win it. Like, I I still want to win the league and the cup. I want it all. But (laughs) um, (laughs) I'd be really excited to get on a cup run. It's something we've not done in so many years. And it is, it's, um, like they say, the magic of the cup. But I don't think, like I said, we need to make sacrifices on either. I think if he's the strongest team in the league... For definite, I think it's always the most important to anybody. Really, it's the ones that you that you remember, and then your next strongest team in the cup, which will still frighten quite a few opponents. I yeah, think the strongest sure. team, and if you have those first team players on the bench that you can knock in and out of throughout the game if need be, then absolutely fantastic. Even better, it showed that it, we proved that that was beneficial um, in the cup game. Um, but just I think once all the players have had more of a chance to the newer guys to gel with the team to train with one another more often that we won't necessarily see that being as disjointed when we do play our, our second team as such um, so I think we, we have a really good chance of a, a decent cup run uh, nothing to write off obviously it's Fleetwood at home in the next round and anything can happen sure. um, but yeah I'd, I'd be really excited to get into those quarters even if it means the Blackburn game has to be moved which would be very frustrating when I've managed to get it booked off work and all this. Stuff. But oh. I'd sacrifice it. I know I'd sacrifice it for a good cup run. No, oh, you're a good, you're a good fan. Well, I'm going to let you go, <laughs> Charlotte. Thank you so much for that input um, on both the Norwich and the Ipswich victories. And no doubt we'll catch you next week after we look back at the pressing game. Thanks so much. See you later. No, right, bye. And let's, of course, get moving on to. The small matter of a Lancashire derby. Clarets are at home again this weekend and it is a championship fixture. We are at home to Lancashire rivals Preston North End. It's a Saturday kickoff, Saturday the 11th of February, 3pm. Um, I am joined, now we've, obviously we've got rid of Charlotte, we're joined by obviously our resident statistician Dave Roberts and our FPL expert and analysis show um, member Adam Dennett, gentlemen. We have got a real Lancashire hot pot this weekend. Um, before we get on to that, though, Dave, we've got a few things, few things of housekeeping matters. <laughs> Explain yourself, Dave Roberts. Come on, fess up. What happened? Explain what? Explain what? What, what quiz question did you set our listeners last week? I forgot to set one, yes. <laughs> you certainly <laughs> did. Well, hilariously, in my mind anyway, listeners might not have thought it was funny. Um, we uh, decided to set our listeners on a creative challenge and try and find out what TBC in Dave's script actually meant. We had one answer come in from our good friend of the show, Andy Richens, who said totally battered canaries which i did like very much um and um i had one from duncan wood who is the uh a good friend of mine who sits behind me at the turf who said he hang on he emailed me in sorry this isn't great radio listeners and he said um yeah he said tbc definitely stands for tense bromley flock watching absolute nightmare sat behind her so thanks for that dump you know honestly you get your friends to listen to your podcast and they do nothing but send abuse in but um yeah it was we don't have a quiz answer for your listeners because dave forgot honestly i'm surrounded by amateurs well 
before we get into the nitty gritty of it, let's dive straight in and preview that show, please, because that is, of course, what we're here for. Dave, kick us off, please. We're going to hand over to you. Um, you're going to give us a championship head-to-head, please. Yep. Although Burnley and Preston North End have been in the same division for 64 seasons, including the current campaign, most of those, 30, were in the top flight, with eight in the third tier and two in the basement division. However, for this feature, we're focusing on the second tier, and there are 23 past home matches for us to take a look back at. Uh, Eight of those were prior to the Second World War, and they produced uh, three Burnley victories. In January 1904, Burnley, playing in green shirts, produced a dashing display and won 2-1, thanks to a brace from Tommy Aspen. that was uh, the first match on Christmas, the first win, sorry. On Christmas Day 1930 was a second win. Uh, George Beale latched onto a misplaced back pass and slotted home after just six minutes. That was the only goal in a 1-0 home win. And then in September 1932, the Clarets gained revenge for a recent defeat at Deepdale with a thumping 4-0 win. Uh, those were the three, uh, there were three more second-tier matches, sorry, between... Uh, the two teams at Turf Moor in the 1970s. Uh, There were two wins for the Clarets and one draw. The victories came in April 1972 by a 1-0 scoreline. That was thanks to Eric Probert's goal, and that was followed by a 2-0 win in August 1972, uh, with one goal from Leighton James and a spectacular second from Dave Thomas. Uh, The two teams drew 1-1 at Turf Moor in the second division in March 1979, uh, and then when we played... uh, just over 12 months later, in March 1980, the scoreline was the same, another 1-1 draw. Uh, so the remaining 11 matches on our list all took place this millennium. And the Clarets have once again had the better of the Lily Whites with seven wins, one draw and just three defeats in the recent second-tier meetings on home soil. Uh, we began the millennium with a hat-trick of home victories in April 2001 by a 3-0 scoreline uh, with goals from Ian Moore, Kevin Ball and Glenn Little. Uh, followed by a 2-1 win in March 2002 with goals from Ian Moore and David Johnson. Uh, The hat-trick of home wins was completed the following season with a 2-0 win in April 2003 after goals from Dimi Papadopoulos and the thunderous Robbie Blake free kick from 30 yards. Uh, After a 1-1 draw in March 2004, Burnley were back to winning ways the following season with a 2-0 win in December 2004 when that little magician... Robbie Blake scored both of the goals, including another spectacular long-range free kick just before half-time. After a 2-0 defeat in January 2006, Burnley choked up a victory later that year in October after coming from behind to, to score twice in the last 10 minutes through a Sean St. Ledger own goal and a late winner from Andy Gray uh, with a trademark header. The Clarets suffered a 3-2 reverse in December 2007 in a controversial match which saw the dismissals of Chris McCann and Joey Goodjohnson by referee Lee Mason, who somehow also missed a blatant handball on the line by Preston's Matt Hill in just the second minute of the match. Uh, We managed to put that disappointment behind us and won the next match 3-1 in September 2008. And following a season in the Premier League, there was a very memorable match in September 2010, but the details of that are going to have to wait until our memory match feature later in the episode. Uh, the most recent meeting between the two teams at Turf Moor was in the 2015-16 season, uh, and that resulted in a 2-0 away win. That was in December 2015, uh, with Will Keane, Michael's twin brother, scoring the opener, and Daniel Johnson scoring the other. 
This was also the last time that Burnley lost a championship home match at Turf Moor. Uh, we've won 20 and drawn eight of our 28 home games in this division since that loss in 2015. Uh, finally, for this section, Burnley's overall home record against Preston North End at this level is played 23, won 12, drawn six and lost five, with 40 goals for and 30 goals against. Excellent stuff. Now, on the Known and Ever podcast and football show, we do like to analyse our opposition celebrity fans, certainly in the second half of the season when we've already looked at head-to-head and who we played for both, etc., etc. We have done that again this week, and Dave, you have pulled us out some absolute corkers for our celebrity fan fixture. We had a bit of a problem getting this list pulled together that I saw. Uh, we did, yeah, the start of the week. It was looking a bit dicey. Uh, we thought we might have to rely on uh, mascots and cartoon characters uh, to top up the list of PNE celebrity fans. So we had uh, Deepdale Duck along with Wallace and Gromit. They were there on standby to step up to the mark. Uh, even the North End fan who ripped up her programme in disgust after <laughs> a team's last-minute defeat at Turf Moor in a soon-to-be-heard memory match was in the running. But uh, the Preston fans have come good and have made some suggestions that now at least give their list of celebrity fans uh, some sort of air of respectability. Uh, so uh, do you want to give us the names of the six uh, we've chosen? Uh, I, I certainly do, Dave. I certainly do. I'm just going to bring up our um, script here so I know where I've got to because I can't remember these off the head. Now, at number one, Dave has ranked Andrew Freddie Flintoff, retired cricketer, TV presenter and part-time Manchester City fan. I'm not sure I'm putting him number one on the list of Preston fans, but he does come in there at number one. Number two, Nick Park, the animator at Ardman. Of course, Wallace and Gromit, who Dave has already mentioned. Uh, third on the list, Ian McCulloch, Echo and the Bunnyman singer. Bunnymen, is that right? Bunnyman? Bunnymen, I think. Um, next on the list, coming in at number four, is Wade Barrett, whose real name is Stu Bennett. He's a former wrestler with 1.2 million Twitter followers, which is impressive considering I do not know who he is. Um, I can see why this this list was struggling a little bit, Dave. Uh, Coming in at number five, we've got Steve Borthwick, a former rugby union player and current England head coach. And finally, coming in at number six is Jess Taylor, um, who is a singer with uh, one of the noughties, I think, girl band, well, mixed group, Liberty X. Now, Adam... Last week, we had a very impressive list of celebrity Norwich fans who ended up getting nine out of ten and so far leading the table in terms of quality of opposition fans. I get an inkling that you're probably not going to give Preston fans nine out of ten for that list. Uh, it's rubbish, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and to be honest, I'd, I wouldn't have been able to name um, any famous Pre- Preston fans. Uh, I wasn't obviously wasn't aware that Nick Park were a Preston fan. Flint off the picture is him in a city shirt, so that I think says it all. And um, yeah, I've not not really heard of of the others on the list, so uh, I don't know if I'm the right person to give a score. But I'd I'd probably go. <laughs> go on, give us a score. Three out of ten for me. Maybe three out of ten. Wow, that's really harsh, Dave. You are our moderator. Are you going to allow Preston really. fans three out of I'm ten? Not- I'm not getting involved. I, I put the list out there and uh, I leave it to others to, uh, to decide. You're not getting involved. It's your job. <laughs> you are <laughs> the previous moderator. That's what I, you I, have to do. Come on. Are I you allowed to do I, I think three is a bit harsh. I'd, I'd okay. have gone higher than that. So go on. Give us give us the moderated score. 
Well, I, I was going to go for five. Should we go halfway and go for four? That'll do me. So Preston fans, I am uh, sorry to say, you are currently bottom of our league table, although there is still half a season the remainder to go. So you may get off the bottom of the table. But right now, I'm afraid to say that you are ranking quite low in our celebrity opposition fan list. Um, Dave, handing back over to you then, please. Do you want to give us what you've chosen as your memory match? I think we've already had a little bit of a sneaky peek what this might be. Uh, yeah, Burnley had an indifferent start to life back in the Championship following an immediate relegation from the Premier League at the end of the 2009-10 season. But Brian Law's experienced one of his better days as Burnley manager uh, in this memory match against Preston North End at Turf Moor on the 11th of September 2010. Once again, the Sky cameras were there to provide live coverage and the match was a tea-time kick-off on the Saturday. Uh, Keith Tracy was among the players lining up for the visitors he would go on to join Burnley the following summer. And Burnley's starting lineup included former Preston North End players Graham Alexander and Ross Wallace. Darren Ferguson was in charge of the Lily Whites, and his dad, Sir Alex, was sat in the director's seats, along with his assistant, Mike Phelan, former Burnley player, of course, and Burnley fan, Alistair Campbell. Uh, the Clarets got off to a good start, taking the lead with a goal from Chris Owellamo in just the ninth minute, but the visitors levelled through Adam Barton after 23 minutes. And after 32 minutes, it was that man, Keith Tracy, who put North End into a 2-1 lead, and that was a score at half-time. Things got worse after 70 minutes when John Parkin scored at the cricket field end to put the visitors 3-1 up. But the dismissal of Billy Jones for a second yellow card after 78 minutes seemed to give Burnley hope. And we used a numerical advantage in our favour when former Preston player Graham Alexander set up Chris Awellamo to score his second of the match and reduced the deficit to just one with six minutes remaining. Into the 88th minute and Graham Alexander was the provider yet again for Chris Awellamo to finish with a glancing header past Annie Lonergan, Andy Lonergan sorry, to level the scores and complete his hat-trick. We thought that might have been that, but Burnley weren't finished and there was still time for a late winner as Ross Wallace crossed the substitute, Jay Rodriguez, to head in the winner in the 90th minute. As dramatic matches go, this one was right up there. And we, let's hope that Saturday's match will be just as entertaining, although we won't want to have to rely on having to score four goals to make certain a victory this time. No, definitely not. Um, well, listeners, you know we do like to bring you a bit of an opposition view. Uh, we don't like to just talk about our our opposition like we like we know them, like we're friends. Um, this week, we have Preston fan Rob Edwards, who, not the Luton Town manager, I would add, who's going to give us his thoughts ahead of the game. Well, where do I start with North End this season? We're mid-table, probably where we should be. Maybe we should be a little higher, but going off our budget, we're not in a bad position. Off the field, there's a lot of apathy towards the board, towards Peter Ridsdale, fans are divided. On the pitch, we've had some good results, mostly away from home. Um, if, we, you know, if we went off our home record, we'd be rock bottom of the league. Um, if you compare it to our away record, we're actually, you know, almost in promotion form away from home. So, going to side like Burnley, normally they're flying top of the league, they're good at home. I've probably got more hope for us than if we were playing at home, to be honest. Sides come to Deepdale, stop us playing, at least when we're away and a side comes on to us, we can try and hit them on the break. Best performance of the season so far is probably away at Rovers, 1-4-1. 
you know, like Rovers, they had a go at us. We were allowed to stop and playing out from the back. Some lovely one-touch stuff. And that's probably been our best performance. Defending, start of the season, we were brilliant defensively without picking up many points. Um, and then as soon as we started to ship a few goals, things have become a lot harder. Um, we've got some good players. Daniel Johnson on his day is brilliant. You know, like obviously Burnley fans know Robbie Brady. You know, he puts a great ball in, but we've just not had anybody to put it in the net. Um, we've brought two new strikers in. Um, over the January transfer window, um, Delap and Cannon, hoping for a little bit more from him, seem to inject a little bit of pace into our attack. It's just getting them on the ball, seeing what they can do, and also, you know, them getting used to the team. Um, but having said all that, we've still got a really unbalanced side. We've no recognised right wing back. We use Brad Potts there, use Alan Brown there, they're both midfielders. Been crying out for two seasons now for a new right wing back. We haven't got one. And I do think sides like Burnley, you know, they get the ball out wide and, you know, you're going to cause us all sorts of problems. So I'm really hoping a bit of damage limitation despite our away form. I do think Burnley will win. I do think it'll be 2 or 3-1. And as for us, I can see us lining up to defend, playing three centre-backs, probably Lindsay Story Hughes, Brady on the left, either Potts or Brown on the right, midfield looking Whiteman, McCann, Maybe Ledson if he wants to play two holders. And then Cannon and Delap up front. Maybe with Ched coming on after an hour. Ched's been our main bright spark this season. You know, there's a lot of um, a lot of fans are divided on him playing for you know, playing for Preston, but he gives 110% and sometimes it's all you can ask from players. Weighs in with a few goals. Um can't really ask any more from him. We've got um not much strength on the bench. We've got Alvaro Fernandez, Spanish lad on loan from Man United. But he doesn't get picked. He's a bit too creative for Lowe. Lowe, this is the same Lowe who came in and said he wanted to play progressive, exciting football. And the football he plays seems to be anything but. Um, like I said earlier, there's a lot of apathy towards the board. Could they have backed us more? There's a lot of apathy towards Lowe. He seems to talk a really good story, talking about the attacking football that he plays, but we're just not seeing it. And anybody with any attacking intent, it just seems to be coached out of them. Hoping for a result, but 2-3-1 Burnley for me. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. 
there's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, moving on to the game itself. And I think before we actually start to analyse how we think the game's going to go, just a quick word about our referee. It's going to be 14-year-old, 14-year-old. We do not have a junior referee playing this game. Don't be young these days. Yes, I mean, I know the championship standard of refereeing isn't that great, but I assure you we're not going down to 14-year-old. 40-year-old, I'm afraid to say. 40-year-old Darren Bond of Ormskirk will take charge of the match this Saturday afternoon. He has had the whistle for three previous Burnley matches and we haven't won any of them. That does not look good. Uh, following a 2-2 draw against Leeds United at Turf Moor in the League Cup in 2017, the visitors progressed after a penalty shootout and his other two matches have been this season. They were 1-1 draw at home to Luton Town in August and the 5-2 defeat against Sheffield United at Bramall Lane in November. So there you go. That is going to be your referee. Adam, let's start with you, please. We're going to preview this game. Um, the Clarets just keep relentlessly marching on in the Championship. Before we start this, well, actually, as it stands at the moment, before we play the games on Saturday, they are seven points clear at the top of the table uh, above Sheffield United in second place. 17 points clear of Borough in third place. They are a nine-game winning streak. If they win at the weekend against Preston, they will equal the club's record, which has been in place since 1913. We haven't scored 10 consecutive games since 19... Sorry, won 10 consecutive games since 1913. And interestingly, 10 consecutive wins in the Championship is Reading's... is a current Championship um, record, which is Reading's from... 2006. So the Clarets this weekend have an opportunity to get themselves into the record books. Um, that said, Adam, Derby, Derby, Derby. How, given Burnley's current form, given Preston's current form, which is a little bit fluctuating, they, they tend to be very strong away from home, though. I think they've actually got the best away record in the division. How much stock do we put in the fact that this is a derby and all normal rules go out the window? Uh, if you probably we've done well, we've done very well in derbies so far this season. I think we've obviously drew at Preston at home to Blackpool, um, but uh, in the game game against Wigan and then Rovers at home, we've we've performed performed really well. Um, you've got to be confident going into the game. Preston, although obviously Blackburn are our big local, big local rivals in the game we care the most about. Um, like I'm I'm in my thirties and in, in the late nineties and through the noughties, Preston was the derby game really. Yeah. Um until until we got that promotion in two thousand nine. We're probably the most competitive fixture and it, it were always like we were at the top of division two with them, uh, with Stan and then competing at the top of the championship in the early noughties. And then even in our promotion season, uh, 2009, they made the playoffs. So it, it felt like we'd been on similar paths up until we did get that promotion and they lost in a playoff final and um, and had a couple of near misses and not quite got there. And and since that point, we've we've kind of kicked on and um, and they've gone a bit bit in the opposite direction. So um, you, you've got to say we will we will be strong favourites going into the game. Um, we were the the fact that we were still well looked unstoppable at Norwich and had the core of our side out of the team. Murich missing, Howard Bellis, Cork, Rodriguez, Benson, 
all big players and and we still made it okay. I think Norwich played into our hands at the start of the game, but we we just played the game perfectly. And just when they looked like getting back into it, Vinny um brought on Vitinho and now we're a bit shocked that he took Teller off. I thought he would cause him some problems and first touch, bang, two nil, game over. Yeah. So it, it it's Preston, like you said, have been a bit shaky, like a lot of the championship teams this season. There's just no consistency there. Uh, they've won eleven, lost eleven, and they're still only four points off the playoffs. So they've got, they've still got a lot to play for. Um, I'd expect them to to come and and set off and uh, set up and be difficult to beat. It was quite a scrappy game at Deepdale early on in the season, and we one, didn't. One really... that wasn't it? Was it a draw? One, yeah, one. one apiece. Yeah, two early goals, and then we didn't really threaten that much after that. But I think we were still getting. Um, we were still trusting the process at that stage. Weren't oh we? gosh! And uh, we got there the quite after that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, really confident. Um, I think we'll we'll see some big players come back in, and mm. I can't say anything other than um, the record breaking clarets this weekend. Love it, um, Dave. Obviously, we did have that threatened um, selection headache for that Norwich game. We were being warned about kids playing no keeper goodness knows what and it turned out it wasn't as bad as we first feared um vk did say to us that we were expecting by the time it came to the pressing game that all the talk would be on what a ridiculous squad we had and how we just had players to spare who do you think misses out the weekend who do you assuming that everybody's fit which we think they are where do you where do you put each player who do you play uh, well, I think in terms of what's been said in the press conferences and the pre-match, um, it looks like Jay Rodriguez won't be involved. Okay. Uh, but it sounds like everyone, everyone else will be. Um, yeah, he's got some real choices ahead of him there. I think um, looking at central defence, that's uh, presumably Bayer's going to come straight back in after yeah. being rested for the cup game. It's who you play alongside him. He's got uh, two very good options. Well, he's got three options, hasn't he, really? Because there's obviously Charlie Taylor who could play there as well. Um, will it be uh, Ekdali had such a good game, scored in his debut? Um, and then uh, Alda Keel as well has also come in and done really well. They've both sort of hit the ground running and both look equally capable of uh, stepping in. So that's the first decision to make, perhaps. Um, okay, and then make that decision. You do this to me all the time, Dave Roberts, not letting you be a politician. You make that decision. Who are you bringing in out of those two? Uh, I suspect he might bring Ekdal back in after yeah, Blake well at yeah, I, I suspect. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's got options there. Um, I think in terms of the forward players, um, I think you'd like to see Azarori start, Teller start. Um, you, um, Benson, we think, probably will be available. I think he's more likely to have a a role bench from role. the bench, yeah, that's, that's more likely. Um, and then who do you play up front? I think pr- probably Ashley Barnes. I think the way Ashley yeah. Barnes has played, um, it's, he, he, he was making space for other players, had a really good game down at Norwich. I think he's uh, he obviously came on and had a bit of a cameo role right at the end in the cup game against Ipswich. Um, but I think he probably he probably starts for me on uh, on Saturday. Yeah, I tend to agree, actually. I think the, the re- I, I forget what number reincarnation we're on of Ashley Barnes at the moment, but he's doing everything we ask him to, Adam. Um, Charlotte touched on this earlier on in the show. Um, those of viewers who are watching the show through YouTube will have missed this section, but podcast listeners will have heard this. Um, Ashley Barnes, every time he gets a sniff of being written off, he's proves us wrong and he comes back again. And, and all we can say to you is that he, he consistently 
tries to learn, he tries to improve himself. And even at this stage in his career, he's carrying on doing. And I think at the moment, he's probably first to start. Do you agree? Yeah, and I didn't think I'd be in a no. position where I'd be saying that again, especially earlier on this season, um, before obviously his Blackburn heroics. And even like over the last year or two, I've I've thought he were finished. Um, but he, he's really rolling back at the the years at the moment and he, he showed how good he can be on the ball mm. at Norwich. I thought obviously, yeah, he was strong, uh, but he were dropping deep in that number ten behind Teller quite a lot in the first half and spraying balls about and just yeah, he looked back to back to his 2017-18 best. Um, and he just looks like he's really enjoying playing with this young, mm. hungry group of players, and they seem to love him as well. Yeah. Um, just the, the pictures of him running away celebrating that first goal oh. with Teller and Zerur, it's uh, yeah, you just to see it. And um, like I said, I think he's he's got to be first choice at the moment. Uh, Jay's been a bit in and out with injury and and obviously not scored for a while. But I don't, I don't think goals are as important now. And I've always put the emphasis on goals for, mm-hmm. um, for strikers, particularly for Burnley. I think he's only scored two. He's only scored those two against Blackburn in the league this season. I thought he scored some cup goals, I think. But and it it doesn't really matter because it just creates space for other other players. And um, I still think he was a bit shaky early on. But right now, he's he's. I think he's got to start. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, Dev, I'm going to come to you first with this one. And don't be giving me no 1-1 crap, please. Um, bearing in mind, they've been a bit shy in front of goal of Preston. They seem to be all right, particularly away from home defensively, but they're not particularly free-flowing scorers. I want you to give me a prediction, please, a score prediction ahead of the game. Well, as we know, form often goes out the window for Derby games, so I'm going to predict a comfortable Burnley win, 2-0. Yes, there you go. Well done. You see, you've got it in you, Dave. You've got it. You know, you've got it in you. I'm, and I'm, this is recorded. I'm gonna. I'm very much gonna make you hold you to this. Um, Adam, same to you, please. Can I have a score prediction? I'm gonna stick to what I was gonna say before, even though Dave said it. Two nil. So. Two nil. Excellent. Well, your Brommers bankers this week for those of you who do like to have a little cheeky flutter on. Um, my score prediction, which did come true for the West Brom game. Now, if you are going to do this, listeners, please A, gamble responsibly. Better still, please use either a free bet or just do it friendly because, or don't do it at all because um, I very rarely get these wrong. Uh, right, sorry. Very rarely get them wrong. I always get them wrong. Very rarely get these right. But my Brommers bankers for Burnley against Preston is going to be Burnley 3, Preston nil. Uh, okay. Uh, before we let you let our listeners go and we move away from the preview of that Preston game, Dave, you do have a, a miscellaneous stat for us, please. Why don't you dive deep into those pockets of yours and give our viewers and our listeners your miscellaneous stat of the week? Yeah, Burnley's victory over Norwich City at Carrow Road was our ninth consecutive league victory. And if you think that sounds impressive, you'd be right as the club has only ever achieved nine consecutive league wins on two other occasions. Uh, They were in 1991, when Jimmy Mullen took over initially as caretaker manager before being given the role permanently. And we won our first nine league games with him in charge in the fourth division before a 1-1 draw at home to Scunthorpe United. Uh, The other occasion, as you've mentioned earlier, Natalie, was back in the 1912-13 season, uh, that run was 10 consecutive league wins 
Um, there was actually a run of 11 because there was a cup game in there as well. Obviously, we can't go for oh, that. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. The league ones we are. Uh, but Burnley, as you said, could equal that milestone with a victory this Saturday. Uh, and we also need to score at least one goal on Saturday to equal another club record of scoring in 20 con- 27 consecutive league games. We've done 26 already. 27 is the club record for which has stood since 1926. So we could equal that as well. Oh, wow. That's interesting. That is a good start. Well, there you are, listeners. That is our preview of this weekend's championship fixture. It's Burnley versus North End at Turf Moor. Can the Clarets equal their club record? Can they equal Norwich's championship record of 10 consecutive wins on the bounce? And can the Clarets take one step closer to promotion, the championship and the Premier League? We will find out. Adam, we are going to hand over to you, please. Are you going to give us an FPL update in readiness for game week? What game week are we on? Game week 22, please. Yeah, last week was game week 22. uh, So we're going into game week 22 this weekend. Um, Starting off with your team of the week, which is in an unconventional 5-2-3 formation and would have scored you a massive 142 points. Uh, in goal, Kepper carried on uh, his great run of form, highest scoring goalkeeper since the um, World Cup break, with a clean sheet, a save point and three bonus points in Chelsea's 0-0 draw with Fulham. He's only 4.6 million, so still a cheap option. couple of familiar names in defence. You've got uh, James Tarkovsky with a goal in Dyche's first game in charge, uh, Everton. Um, a clean sheet and three bonus points in their 1-0 Shock win over Arsenal. We love to see it. And again, he's only 4.2 million. And Everton have a double game week coming up in 25. And they also don't blank in 28 when the FA Cup um, causes a load of blank fixtures. And he's got some good fixtures in between. So a really good option at the moment, Tarke. Alongside him in defence, Ben Mee, also on the score sheet. Uh, and with a clean sheet and a bonus point in Brentford's 3-0 win over Southampton. Joining him from Brentford is Rico Henry with an assist in that game. Um, and then two Wolves players complete the back five. Um, it is, I was going to say, Michael Dawson then. Craig Dawson with a goal and clean sheet in Wolves' 3-0 win against Liverpool. And Kilman with an assist and a clean sheet and two bonus points in the same game. And again, those two are only, they're less than five million both have a double game week in 25 and have Southampton, Wolves have Southampton, Bournemouth and Fulham before that. So good options at the moment. Into midfield, just the two, both Man United players from their double game week at home to Palace and Leeds. Rashford with two goals and assist and three bonus points, giving him 20 points, top scorer for the week. And um, he was my triple captain, so I'm very thankful to um, Mr Rashford this week. Um, and they play again against Leeds this week and then have less of the week after that before blanking in 25. Uh, and then alongside him in midfield, Fernandez, a goal and three bonus points, giving him 12 points uh, this week. Up front, three strikers, Ian Acho from Leicester with an, a goal, two assists and three bonus points in Leicester's 4-2 win at Villa. But just to watch out, they've got Spurs United and Arsenal as the next three. Uh, and Bumo from Brentford, another one from Brentford with a goal and an assist in their win against Southampton. And completing the lineup for this week is Willie Nonto from Leeds, 
who had a double game week against Forest and Man United. They didn't win either of them, got a point at United last night, and he, but he did get a goal and three bonus points. Uh, and he's only five million, and they have Southampton at home in blank game week 25. Um, do you want me to give you a league update, rundown of the top 10 managers? And yes. Onto- Yes, I do, Adam. Sorry, go on. Give us give us a league update. Yeah, uh, I was going to give you a top 10, but for reasons soon to be uh, revealed, I'm going to give you uh, the 11 top managers uh, at the moment in the No Name Ever League. So in joint 10th are Joe Bailiff and me. So I wasn't going to not uh... give you a top 10. <laughs> Busted, Adam Dennett. Busted. Yeah. Technically eleventh, but I'm uh, I'm having it just in case I don't get another one for the rest of the season. I'll let you have that. <laughs> Given a hard and then uh, in in joint eight joint eighth place are Rupert Booth and Joseph Golby on one thousand four hundred eleven points. Seventh Jack Greenalsh with one thousand four hundred twelve points. Sixth Alice Flanagan with one thousand four hundred fourteen points. As you can see, it's very very close in the top ten. Mm. Uh, fifth Craig Smith with 1,417 points. Fourth, Daniel Shepard, 1,425 points. Third, Alex Maxwell, 1,437 points. Second, Tom Deenian, 1,442 points. And still in the lead is Brad Banks on 1,447 points. Um, Just a few pointers uh, as we're going to a critical point in the season now. So City and Arsenal both have double game weeks this week as they play each other uh, next uh, in the midweek next week. Uh, The best two City assets at the moment are probably Riyad Mahrez and Erling Haaland. The defence is getting rotated like mad and even safe players like Kevin De Bruyne have been rotated recently. Haaland is a triple captain option as he's been on fire 25 goals this season. And with a double game week, I don't think I could blame you for putting the armband on him. Um, Arsenal, probably the best players, Odegaard, Saka and Nketiah. I'd probably try and have a triple up of Arsenal players if you can, because they've got another day, double game week coming up in 25, and they also play in the blank game week 28. So as I've just as I've mentioned previously, game week 25 is a double for four teams and a blank for four teams. Uh, blanking are Man United, Newcastle United, Brentford and Brighton, as United and Newcastle face off in the League Cup final. And double in that week uh, are Arsenal, Liverpool, Wolves and Everton. So there's still time to gradually take players that blank out and replace them with some double game week players. You've got three three weeks uh, until the first blank. Uh, like I said, it's a critical time in the season. And um, if possible, uh, we're looking for two or three keen FPL players uh, to go through how they plan to navigate the upcoming blank and double game weeks and share any advice for the rest of the season. We've had previous winners, Luke Lambert, and then other keen FPL player and, and Sean Danaher, who won it the year before, and keen FPL player Sean Rette has come on to do similar features with us in the past. So if you're near the top of the current known and ever standings or would like to be involved, then contact us on Twitter, Facebook, or by email. Just a final note to say the Game Week 23 deadline is this Saturday, the 11th of February at 11am. Lovely. While we're on air, while you were talking through them, I did actually open my app and remember that I was supposed to. I already have Arland as captain anyway, so that's really good. But I've just got rid of 
I had Cancelo in there, who's on a season-long loan somewhere else. Didn't realise he was in my team, so I better get rid of him. Uh, and I've brought uh, Saliba in on your advice to put Arsenal players in there. So I've Good brought choice. Saliba in. Um, and I've also sold Jesus because he's still injured. And I've bought... Um, <clears throat> who did I buy? Havertz from... Yeah, that's fine. Chelsea. Yeah, good moves. You'll be moving up that league in no time. There you go. You heard it here first, listeners. I will be winning the known and ever FPL league. I didn't, you noticed I didn't ask where I was, but then that's fine. Um, right, let's round off this jam-packed podcast. Dave, you've actually remembered this time. You've done your job. I'm very proud of you. Well done. Um, what have you set our listeners for their quiz question this week? Uh, yes, the return of the quiz question. Uh, a nice and easy one this time, hopefully. Uh, can you name the three Burnley players who have scored at least twice for the Clarets against Preston North End in matches at Turf Moor since the year 2000? And if you were paying attention earlier, we did mention most or all of those. Oh, see, this is a point where you rewind the podcast and listen again, listeners. Um, how do our listeners please submit their answers, Dave? Uh, you can email us, preview show at net, or contact us on Twitter at never, preferably by direct message so no one sees your answer. Excellent stuff. Well, that is all we have time for, listeners. Um, my thanks as ever go to everybody who has contributed to this episode, particularly my colleagues Dave and Adam for giving up their time tonight to be on here and Charlotte for joining us at the beginning of the show. We will be back next week with another bumper-packed episode where we will look at whether or not the Clarets have got a record-breaking season and whether or not they are one step closer to the Premier League. Um, I've been Natalie Bromley. Until next time. The Known and Ever podcast is brought to you in association with the TalkSport Fan Network. Natalie Bromley is the host and editor, and the show is produced by Matt Moss. Our resident statistician is Dave Roberts, and our FPL expert is Adam Dennett. The analysis show team is collectively Tom Whitaker, Richard Steele, George Poole, Charlotte Rigby, Adam Dennett, and Robbie Kopak. Our music is provided by George Gaskill, and our newsletter team is headed up by Jamie Smith. If you don't already, you can subscribe to our newsletter by visiting nonadnever.substack.com. Our thanks as ever go to our partners, TalkSport. We are, as ever, proud to be part of the TalkSport fan network. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Undaria Algae Body Oil and Undaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out 
Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com, code GLOW. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans.